Welcome back to another episode of Paranorthwest. I am your host, Eric. I'm Shayla. And I'm Cheyenne. Tonight, we don't really have a specific thing that we're going to talk about. We're actually going to talk about an amalgamation of different ideas, different philosophies, and uh, different stories. And you might be the next featured story on our upcoming episodes. Ooh, yeah, that's true. We have an episode coming up where it's all fan submissions. And we already have, I think, two or three stories. And they're pretty good. And also, just to add in there, if you would like to submit stories, our email is going to be paranorthwestteam at gmail.com. So send it. Let's get into it. All right, ladies. I want to know, and we kind of touched on this on the first episode, but I want to know real quick how you got into the paranormal and then what are your favorite things about it? Like, do you like getting the creeps? Do you like finding out what the bump is? I mean, what's the whole reason why you're doing this? You know, what interests you the most? How I got into the paranormal was, again, just my childhood and my influences around me being Native American, you know. A lot of strange things kind of happened in my life, and that was just a tie-in to everything. One of my favorite things about the paranormal is getting spooked. I love being scared. So you, it's like an adrenaline rush almost. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't listen to episode two, I highly recommend it because that shows everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was obviously pretty spooked, and yeah, I, I guess... You know, a lot of people do like that side of the paranormal, you know. Almost pooped my pants. Yeah. You want to be close to, like, the tear in the fabric between dimensions. And that alone gives you kind of a creepy feeling. Shayla, what's yours? What would you say? Well, as a kid, I seen things myself. And... That's just kind of where it all started. It eventually fizzled out, as it does for a lot of children. But, yeah, my my family's, um, you know, they have their ceremonies. And we grew up doing that and going to powwows and meeting a lot of spiritual people. And that's just kind of how we came about. While investigating or researching or anything that has to do with how we go about our investigations, what's your favorite part? Probably spirits because, I don't know, I feel, I feel like they want to talk to people. They're just people, right? So, I don't know. I just, I get excited. I don't really get spooked easily, but I don't know. I just like talking to them. Yeah, I think that's more me and Cheyenne's thing. I mean, I definitely get spooked. Even, I know. <laughs> even as the, you know, closest thing to a skeptic we have on our team. I mean, I get pretty I get pretty spooked out pretty easily. But it's also like the locations we go to. It's not like we're like, oh, we're here at, you know, H&M. We're going to see if there's any ghosts here. It's always like, hey, did you hear about that? insane asylum where 3,000 people were killed and it's like well obviously I'm already kind of spooked we're like yeah we're gonna go to that place and um try and get scared now <laughs> yeah yeah and I guess that's kind of the another factor in this whole thing is if you're not scared are you really close to anything I don't know I mean I think your body reacts 
um, I don't know. If, I don't know why I don't get scared. It's I find more comfort in it. I think. No matter what it is. Well, I don't. I don't dabble. Well, no, I don't mean like dabbling, but if you're on an investigation and something flies off the wall. Well, that has yet to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, like put yourself in that position. I mean, yeah, I'd be like, what in the hell? But then again, I'd be like, well, what are they trying to do? Like, oh, okay, so you're, you're trying to see the motive behind why they threw something. Yeah, or why they're angry, or are they just trying to get your attention? Or I don't know if everything... I feel like a lot of investigators, they... They think everything is evil and everything is demonic, and I don't think that. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's spirits out there that are jerk-offs just like people, but you, I don't know, you just kind of decipher. And if I don't want to talk to them, well, I ain't talking to them. So the most, uh, the most like, exciting thing for you is to go somewhere and get, uh, like, evidence that there is a spirit or spirits there. Yeah, because I'm not a skeptic, and I I know, I know what I believe, and if I can find out what it is and show it to somebody else, be like, yeah, this is rad. Like, look at this. Yeah, I mean, th that's that's kind of like the cool part of if you do find something and you show somebody, and then they their eyes light up and kind of follow along with you on the journey of holy crap, there's something else in in this world or alongside us all the time and maybe i've never actually looked for it but now you're showing me something right okay so i have to ask you eric since you were the one that brought it up um how did you get into the paranormal and what's your favorite thing about it well like we said in the first episode you know mine was when we're, i was at sea on deployment and we got that damn right. ouija board so after board. yeah, after <laughs> experiencing that, I was like, "All right, there's something else here." But spirits aren't the thing that I'm most like interested in now, because now it's definitely cryptids. He's a cryptid kind of a boy. Yeah, the, like monsters. But why? It kind of started when Shayla bought me this H.P. Lovecraft book. And I started reading it, and all these things that he was talking about, like, th I mean, this book is old. He, these stories were written, I mean, over a century ago, and it terrified me beyond belief. And so I was like, well, you know, I've read ghost stories that are like, ooh, that's kind of spooky. But this kind of really set some fear within me. And I was like, well, why? I mean, and are these things real? How can someone... Think up these things. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I feel like all these things are planted somehow in people's minds, whether they actually saw it or it's like a subconscious thing. You know, I, I'm I'm a musician, so a lot of things I can, I can just like, you know, make music. But it all comes from music I listen to, right? I don't, I can't just pick up a guitar and write like some rad country riff because I don't really listen to like that much country. But everything else that comes through me is past experiences and past things that I've already listened to. So that's kind of how I see, like, these horror books dealing with cryptids is, like, did they see this? 
did someone they know see this? Like, where did it, where did that come from? Well, and Eric, you said too, not even that long ago to me, we were talking, we talked to a lot of crazy people. Well, what most yeah. people think is crazy, right? Exactly. We, I love it. I mean, you could tell me something way out there and I'd be like, what? But, you know, Eric is very skeptic and he's like, okay. But then again, he'll, he'll sit on it and then he'll say, well, you know, that story came from somewhere, right? That, that wasn't just made up. So th there's, there's the truth in it somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like they say, you know, every good joke has a little bit of truth in it. I think every good cryptid story has a little bit of truth in it. I mean, you can't just pull this stuff out of your butt. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm just sitting here, and all of a sudden, I thought of this creature with huge tentacles coming out of the ocean, and it was, you know, 40 stories tall and all this stuff, and then give, like, this incredible detail on it. and Or, like, things like the rake, you know, these creepypastas. They, they have to come from somewhere, and that's my belief, is that these cryptid stories come from something. Well... That, and that just goes back to, like, the Mothman case, right? Like, those sightings have been going on for, since, what, like, the 1700s, 1600s? That's wild. Yeah, and same with, the like, the Jersey Devil. Right. I mean, it, it went through different names, but the, the story and the creature remained the same. And that's why I think that all of these, that's why I find it so interesting. There has to be a, a beginning to these things. There has to have been a sighting or something that has grown into this story now. I mean, it, and it may not be the thing that we talk about now. You know, it, it may have transformed over time. So do you feel like your mind has opened up since investigating more? Or what are your, how are your views different now than they used to be? Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys knew me in, what, when did we meet? Like 2012? The beginning of 2013? And you knew I was very closed-minded, very standoffish to anything paranormal or anything cryptid. And now, I mean, I'm not to your level where if someone's like, yeah, dude, I seen a fairy in my basement. And you're like, oh, I believe you. Let's go find it. Like, let's go see it. I'm like, uh, you know, did you? I, I don't know you that well. It's hard for me to just believe you. But you'd go look, though. Well, yeah, because I'm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm inquisitive, which helps when you want to follow this path of paranormal and cryptids and all that. You have to be inquisitive and have to want to know if it's real or not. Right. I'm not saying I believe every single thing that comes out of somebody's mouth, but I am willing to look into it. You want to believe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So what would you say is the most mis misunderstood thing about the paranormal? Ooh, that's a good question. The most misunderstood thing I would think would be that investigators themselves are like crazy people. You know what I mean? And people that believe in the paranormal, people... Uh, uh, People on the outside like to think that they're just, you know, crazy people like uh, Professor Trelawney off of uh, Harry Potter. You know, that's how they view, and that's how I think they view people that believe in the paranormal. It's like some crazy, wired-haired 
thick glasses, like, oh, God, look at this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's everyday people. It's you and me. I mean, we, you guys believe a lot more than I do, but I want to know if it is real or not. And I feel that everyone has a story, mm-hmm. which we find out every time we go and talk to people. Everyone has something where if you say, hey, you ever seen anything creepy? You ever experienced a ghost or whatever? Or even if you just say, oh, yeah, we're here, you know, we're paranormal investigators. We're just looking into some stuff we heard in this town. People will start to open up about things that they've seen. So that's why I also find it odd that a lot of people, you know, bash it. Because I know you've seen or experienced something, but maybe you're just hiding it. I agree with that. I feel like for some people, um, it can be very taboo. So it's... That's, yeah, that's, that's a great point. A little bit, you know, kind of sweep it under the carpet kind of a dealio. That, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head right there is the taboo aspect of it. Because it, right. it still is taboo in a lot of cultures, a lot of religions. They don't allow this place for you to think about it. And just Even just think about it. Like, hey, maybe what if it is real? But then people will see you as a, you know, as some crazy person and you'll become an outcast in your religion or culture or wherever you may be. So it's kind of... We're lucky in America that a lot of people, you know, even if they are religious, they'll just kind of push it to the side and be like, well, you know, that that's fine, but that's just not what I believe. Instead of, you know, becoming a social pariah and people throwing you out in the streets and being like, devil worshiper. So what about you, Cheyenne? What do you think is either the most misunderstood or what do you think society's views of the paranormal are? That you're always going to catch something. Ooh, yeah. And sometimes you don't. And that's okay because if you're a believer, you still know something's there. And if you're not, then you're just like, well, that's that. Then nothing's here. And my house is not uh, filled with ghosts. Tricks on you. They are. That's a good point because, you, yeah, you don't always find something. And just because you don't find it when you look for it, th- that one hour out of the entire year doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, and you know what? I'm trying to think of any time. I mean, me, maybe on the few excursions that we have been on, maybe out of one we maybe haven't found something, you know? Like our trip that, to Wallace. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean... Which was it? It was spooky, which we yeah. will touch on that in a later episode. But we didn't necessarily find anything. Yeah, well, we went to Burke, Idaho, which is an old mining town. And when you drive in, it's creepy. Like, it is the perfect setting for a a haunted location. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is, they call it the center of the universe. Yeah. Definitely go there if you haven't, because it's weird. (laughs) It's a really cool town, and there's, like, one guy that lives there, And which is crazy. I'm going to just put this out there. All the houses are, like, somewhat underground. Yeah. It's really strange. Like a part of them, like their foundation right. sank or something like it's that. So, it's such a weird place. So, Shayla, what would you think your, what's your perspective on what's the most misunderstood thing about the paranormal? Well, I kind of already said it. I feel like 
people are really scared and they let their fear like overtake them and they just don't look into it any further. But a lot of people have this perception that everything is evil and demonic because, you know, they watch these ghost adventures and ghost hunter shows and that's all they find, right? Is all this negative. Yeah, it's always a stuff. demon. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it's not like that everywhere, you know? And even when they find things that they hear a story, oh, there was a little girl who tragically passed away here. If they catch a little girl's voice, he's like, I think it's a mimic. I think that's the devil pretending to be the little girl. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just a little girl. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, it, not everything's the devil. But you brought up an interesting point that they're scared. So what would you be afraid of if you didn't believe it existed? How, how would you be afraid? You know, you know what I'm saying? If I don't think something is real, how can I be afraid of it? So if there's fear, there's belief. That is true. That is very true. But there are, you know, a ton of, like, atheists out there, too, that are just like, no. Well, if they're afraid of it, then they believe. That is is true. Yeah, that's my view on it. Okay, so bouncing off of that, um, what have you learned the most from investigating the unknown and paranormal? I've learned that, almost like what you said, it's never what you think it's going to be. Or don't, don't have a preconceived notion of what you're going to find. Right. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Because they, they speak in different ways, right? I mean, yeah. whether it's something moving or a temperature change. I mean, the more you do it, the more you learn that there's, there's other ways of communicating other than, you know, hearing an EVP or catching you know, sight of a, an apparition or something like that. There's so many more things that the environment, the environment speaks to you more than I think the EVPs or catching things on camera does. And I feel like mine is definitely, I'm pretty in tune with my body and my spirituality. Very, I hold it very close. So I feel like I go kind of off, what my body feels, and I've learned a lot that way. You know, if you if you feel something or if you think someone's behind you or if you see something out of the corner of your eye and you're like, oh, no, I didn't see that. Well, you, you actually did. What's a dead giveaway for you then? What, what do you, what sign can they give you physically that you're like, yep, something's here? It's not necessarily one specific thing. I mean, you have to be in tune with yourself to be like, okay, I'm feeling this. Or, you know, we've been on investigations before or just sitting there talking to, you know, someone. And Cheyenne does the same thing I do. Sometimes tears well in my eyes. And I don't know why. I don't know if I'm feeling, like, what they're feeling or if I just, like, get so overwhelmed by what's happening and I'm just, I love it. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, they're really wanting to talk to me or, you know, what what can we do? To anything, you know, something like that, or like you get chills, or I don't know. Sometimes you can just feel people around you. When you get this watering of the eyes, what's the emotion that you feel? It depends. Sometimes I feel sad. Um, sometimes I feel like it's almost like a heartbreak. Oh, you know, God. like like a sinking in the chest feeling, like like a, like almost like a helpless. Oh my God! Yeah, I get that a lot, which is really weird. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. 
that's pretty empathetic. And that's kind of a cool yeah. a cool thing to have. I mean to to take on their emotions cuz they may be sad, but I feel like you're you're saying there's like this overwhelming emotion just like taking over you, which could be them realizing that someone hears them for the first time in 80 years. Yeah, and, and that could be, I don't know if it's them or if it's just me reacting. I don't know. What do you think, Shane? Because you, you kind of get the same thing. Yeah, do you think it's like, it's them or do you think it's her? Like, who do? You, where do these emotions come from? I think it's an influence of both. Um, them showing you how they're feeling and you are taking it all in. So, personally, I feel like it's overwhelming to me. And so sometimes that's why I get all welled up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, when I did first come into the, I mean, the house that both Shayla and Erica own, that was a pretty crazy feeling, you know? Um, There's a lot, a lot in there or something. Well, yeah. And, you know, before we did all these... Um, ceremonies, there was a lot of crazy things happening, and it was being the person that I am and what I'm into and how I communicate, it was overwhelming because there was a lot of things happening in her house that no one else could see or feel. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's kind of a, a crazy role to have, like, as you, as the person that walks in there and you're like, whoa, you guys don't, you have no idea what's going on in here. Yeah, and it's just, like, walking up the stairs, going into the rooms, the basement for sure was one of the most heaviest parts um, due to the fact that there was a lot of <laughs> incoming and outgoing yeah. of spirits of Catch my drift. It was real busy down there. Yeah. That, um, you know, we kind of cleared that out there, thankfully. But, yeah, sometimes I still get the creeps here, so. Well, and, I mean, I would imagine you would. And I don't feel the things you feel. So I can't say, oh, no, you, it doesn't feel like that here. Because you are much more sensitive to these things. And I don't, you know, and... That sounds like a gift and a curse at the same time because you can't really turn it off. It kind of is, especially when I was a child, more on the child um, aspect in my life. That was something I didn't learn to turn off for a really long time, like until I was in my teenage years. So you can do that now? You can turn that off? Yeah, but sometimes it's still a little crazy. Sometimes I still struggle with it, just like anyone else would struggle with. Any other thing. Yeah, any other thing, yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, if I'm staying alone here, I feel like it's a little bit more eerie. First of all, I'm the only one in the house. And your mind kind of takes over, like, oh, I heard that. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when we first moved in here, things were a lot darker um, than we th had thought. Um, you know, thankfully, everything's good now, but... You know, think you know things come about, and you're just like, oh my gosh, what happened here? Well, I remember one of the one of the things that happened to me here when I first got here. Uh, you, I think you were trying to kind of like shield me from it a little bit, and because you knew how I was, so you weren't like, as soon as I got here, you didn't say, oh dude, and then this place is wild, and the basement's creepier than hell, 
and blah, blah, blah. Because one time I went down to, into the basement for something and I saw like this huge black mass. And I told you, I was like, it was the size of a refrigerator. It was huge. And I was going down to get laundry or something. I turned around and I saw that and I just booked it upstairs. I mean, I was like assholes over elbows coming up those stairs. <laughs> and I, my eyes were the size of dinner plates when I finally met yours. And I remember being like, um, and you're like, so, um, something we need to talk about. He was so pale. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know, I actually bought this house while he was deployed. And I was here living by myself for about six months. Yeah, so, waiting for me to get out. Yeah, so when by the time he had got here, I had already lived here for six months, and he had no idea. And, um, yeah, I didn't really say it too much to him because, well, he, at the time, he... I wouldn't have shown up. He was, <laughs> he was a pretty closed-minded person. He didn't really believe in it. And so I thought, well, I'll just be here with the ghosts, and it's all good. Yeah, because she knew if she was like, hey, we got this house, it's super rad and super haunted. I'd have been <laughs> like, okay, find another one. We're going to sell the house now. Congratulations. Ooh, yeah. No, it was fine. It was fine. I mean, it took probably, what, like a year and a half to, to get everything cleared out because there was so much going on and so much negativity. It was, I mean, to the point where we couldn't sleep at night. It was just like getting to the point where I was like, okay, I've had it. Like, I'm irritated. That wasn't even the scariest thing that happened to us. And Cheyenne was staying the night, and two of my buddies from the Marine Corps were there. It was Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And they were sleeping downstairs. And I remember, it because it was your birthday. Yep, it was. That, at midnight, it was going to be your birthday. And we were laying in bed, and I, I just had this, like, creepy feeling. And because you were like, well, why don't you turn off the lights? Let's go to bed. And I'm like, dude, I, I, like, see something or I feel something. I just feel gross right now. And then 2 a.m. rolls around, and I wake up, and he's still sitting up with the lights on. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to sleep. I got to see. I feel like something's going to pop out and try and kill me or something. And we're both laying there once you wake up and notice that I'm still just sitting there. And I was like, I got this crazy feeling that something's going to happen or, you know, we're not alone in this room for some reason. You're like, oh, it's fine, you know, whatever. And that's when I said, don't worry, I got you. Let me light a smudge. Yeah. <laughs> but what ended up happening was we're laying there, and all of a sudden we hear this thud, like this super loud thud in our uh, walk-in closet. And then we hear footsteps running out of our bedroom. And I was like, Cheyenne, Cheyenne. <laughs> and at this time... <laughs> I was downstairs sleeping with the boys. Ooh. But um, we'll get to that later. In a little PG. <laughs> um, and I was up at this time. I was having She's some issues. Um, so I was up. <laughs> They're like, Cheyenne, come upstairs. Yeah, I'm flipped out. And I'm just like, Cheyenne, get up here. We need you right now. And so I had already pre-warned Shayla what I saw and what I felt that was in the walk-in closet, but again, I don't think Eric knew at that time. No, you guys didn't tell me anything. I'm like, yo, there's something in the walk-in closet. It's watching you, and it's going to eat your soul. <laughs> what was it? Like I, like Eric said, in the basement, it was the black mass that was in their closet. And 
it's not just like it. It, it was I heard like footsteps all, all over the house, right? It like ran. But they can mutate, which is something a lot That's of people great. don't understand. Right? Yeah, they can mutate. Black masses, shadow people. It's all real. I've seen it. I've dealt with it. Oh, yeah, that just sparked a memory. So remember when I first met you and you were like, okay, I was, how old was I? 20, 21? Yeah. And so Shay was 19, so Cheyenne was 15? Yeah. So here I am, you know, fresh back from a deployment. Was this the first time we, like, met? Yeah, this was, like, this the, is the first third week. night. Yeah, it was the third <laughs> night that I even knew her. And we're in her mom's uh, living room just, like, talking and stuff. And uh, Shan's like, let me read you. And if anyone doesn't know, you know, I am, for the most part, I would say on the more medium side of things, yeah, I'm weird, okay? Yeah. That's my opinion. And so this 15-year-old <laughs> is like, let me read you. And I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? Read me. And then I said, she can see dead people. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So she ended up telling me, telling me some stuff that kind of, like, blew my mind and, you know, made me break down and cry. But the creepy thing she told me was <laughs> uh, she was like, and you have, like, something following you. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And she was like, well, it's like a it's like a shadow person, if you know what that is. And I didn't know any of this. So they're bringing me into the creep world just all of a sudden. And she's like, yeah, and he's, he's in the corner right now. And so I'm, like, looking and, like, going over there, like, shadow boxing, getting, like, the fuck away from me, you know, acting all tough guy, which obviously that shit doesn't work to get it away. But, yeah, when she told me that, I was like, you got to be shitting me. A, a shadow person. And after I left her ma's house, I went back down to Camp Pendleton because I still had, what, two, two years left on my contract? Something like that. And so I go back down there, and uh, we end up getting slated for another deployment. So we have to do another pre-deployment workup, uh, which is where you, like, train train specifically for something. And, uh, you know, we went to the desert, and my good friend Derek and I were in the same platoon, and we were in the back of this uh, high-back Humvee, which is like a Humvee front, and then the back half is like a canvas tarp that uh, goes over the two benches back there so you can fit, you know, 12 guys or whatever in the back. So Derek is back there with me, and I didn't say anything to him, right, about any of this. Like, I had kept this all to myself, the things that Cheyenne had told me. And he was, like, had this look in his face that was just terrified, like, went sheet white, big eyes. And I was like, what, what are you doing? And he's like, dude, there's someone next to you right now. And I look, and there's no one, there's, you know, it's just me and him in the, in the back of the high back. And I was like, what do you mean there's someone next to you? And he was like, dude, I don't know, but it's gone now. But it, it looked like there was, like, like, a shadow sitting next to you, like, right up on you. And he was freaked out forever about this. And then I told him what Cheyenne told me, and he was like, dude, you didn't tell me anything like that. Dude, you didn't fucking bring that shit here. 
And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't know how this is supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do or anything about this. I just got introduced to this world myself. But that, that right there kind of confirmed what Cheyenne had told me, the fact that a third party who had no idea that any of this was going on, he saw it himself and was terrified by it. And that just goes to show you, you have to be really careful about where you go, where you walk, because you can pick things up and bring them back with you. And also who you associate with. Our circle is super tight-knit. Yeah. And I suggest you uh, do that for yourself, too, because there's people out there that are willing to scale you. Okay. <laughs> Let's cut that one out. No, we're keeping that for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's, a, I mean, yeah, that's a great point. You bring people around you. Know what they're about. You know, know what their intentions are as well. You know, not everyone is what they seem. And this is a, especially in this community too, a lot of people will pretend like they're into something, but really they have ulterior motives that don't align with yours. So find people that, you know, if, you're, if you want to do this and you want to get into this, maybe this podcast is interesting you and you want to try this for yourself. I mean, find people that align with your motives on why you want to do this. Or even who you let in your home. Eric knows I'm a freak about <laughs> about who walks through my house, who comes in, who we let, you know, come over for dinner or whatever because... Which is hard for me. Yeah, he, he's very social, which, yeah, I get, but... I'll, like, invite someone off the street. I'll be like, are you hungry, dog? Get in here. <laughs> but, you know, I have my sacred medicines in the house, and I keep it very... Our area is very clean. It's our sanctuary. So I don't yeah. want people bringing spirits in and they they hang around. Okay, if you're if you're not walking that, that good road, I don't want you over here. Yeah, because you don't know what their intentions are or what they've been through in their life. And they might even not even know they have these things, right? Like I didn't. And I wasn't being malicious by coming into your house, but I no. just did not know until Cheyenne showed me that. I remember there was this one uh, specific incident. Eric had just um, started a new band, and he had brought someone in the house. Weird things started going on. Shayla came to me and was like, things are going on in our house. There's new people in our house. Who is it? And immediately, immediately I knew who it was, and I told her exactly who it was, and... I'm not sure which band it was, but I met this guy. I was like, mm-mm, no. And then I find out really crazy things were happening. Not in the house, but what this person was experimenting with even before. Which just goes to show you that you never know who's coming into your house or who... You know who you're who you're bringing into your life because everyone brings a certain energy with them, and certain intentions, and that might not mix well with yours. Yeah, just just <laughs> know who you're who you're investigating with and who you're spending your time with, and really have like a a good vetting process for that. And if you don't know, I mean, go on your gut instinct with with things like this because you don't want to be in a situation that you don't know how to get out of. Exactly. I mean, it goes, goes with, with everything else in life, right? I mean, be mindful, be careful, but, you know, stay adventurous. And on that note, 
We're going to take a quick break. And this episode of Paranorthwest is brought to you by... Good day, I'm Steve Owen. And today I want to talk about the Senator Guitar Shop. It is located in the heart of Spokane, Washington. And the Senator Guitar Shop started in the spring of 2016 with the mission statement is to help every musician in any possible way. It's built on all levels of musicians. The goal is for every musician that walks in the door to feel comfortable grabbing an instrument off the wall and giving it a try. So go in the Senator today and give it a try. Wow, Steve Irwin sounds like shit after he died. That is insane. I can't believe <laughs> that the ghost of Steve Irwin came by and he sounds like that. <laughs> Why does he sound like a British man? Yeah, apparently he went from an Australian to some sort of cockney <laughs> vagrant. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's uh, here to spread the good word of the Senator Guitar Shop. My good friend Taylor owns a shop here in Spokane, Washington. And uh, yeah, if you're a musician like myself, that's the only place that I go for uh, all things guitar related or drums, whatever you really want to get into. He's a very knowledgeable and very professional and kind person. I highly recommend going to the, the Senator Guitar Shop for our, all your musical needs. And you know what's crazy? What? We actually did an investigation at the Senator Guitar Shop. Yeah, I mean, he's moved locations now, but he was on, like, one of the coolest streets in Spokane, which is Monroe. So old Spokane, cool Spokane. Yeah, like OG Spokane buildings, brick, I mean... I don't know when that when his building was built, but it I mean it's it's one of the the first areas of Spokane to be built into businesses. And we got lucky enough to um, be asked to investigate his old shop and it was a doozy. That was an absolute crazy night. Yeah, and I, so going into it, what were your thoughts like? What did you think we were gonna uh uh, find or what were your hopes you know like it's an old building well i found a lot of old creepy doll heads hanging out in the downstairs <laughs> well, that's just how that's just how he <laughs> that's how he decorated so the upstairs was the guitar shop looked like a really cool old old timey guitar shop nice wood floors and everything but the basement is where like the he'd put on shows and where bands would practice and all that so the basement was uh it was it had an eclectic sort of design to it it was creepy yeah it was it was definitely creepy and we it was just us three we go in taylor was out of town Ta yeah taylor was in hawaii yeah he was just living his best life and, yeah. and you know everything was going good we were we were doing our investigation and uh midway through his alarm system decided to uh trigger and go off so that was wild so we were down in the basement and we wanted to kill all the lights so i went over to his breaker box and turned off the power to the lights downstairs and as soon as i did that the alarm went off and you know i didn't think anything of i thought like oh shit like this is this is perfect he's all the way in hawaii i don't even know if he's awake right now and the alarm system is just going haywire. So I end up calling him, and it's like, what, midnight our time? So it's, what is it, like 10? 
nine or ten. Yeah, time. it was a yeah, probably right around eleven. Yeah, so he's awake, uh, been drinking, having a good time, and he answers his phone. He's like, "What's up, dude?" And the siren is just blaring in the background, and I'm like, uh, "So your alarm system is going off now?" And we were just waiting for the cops to roll up. Yeah, because it's not in like the <laughs> best part of Spokane, and there's a lot of uh, interlopers walking around, and so we, we, you know, I thought for sure the cops were going to show up, but when I told him that the alarm was going off, he sounded really confused, and he was like, the, "What alarm?" And I said, "You know, your alarm on on your property," and he said, "There is no alarm on the property. I, I had that." Uh, all the wires are cut. And I'm like, what do you, no, th that's impossible because this alarm is going off incredibly loud right now. You can hear it in the background. And he was like, there is no alarm. I, I got rid of the alarm system. There's, there's nothing that should be going off. And right there, I was like, okay, well, apparently something's happening now. That was so creepy. That was so weird for that to happen. Yeah. And it was so loud. We oh, were yeah. so freaked out over that. And then that. I asked him, I was like, well, how do I get it to go off? He's like, find out where it's coming from and just pull it off the wall. So I found this box that the sound was emanating from. And I literally just, like, grabbed it and smashed that thing. And then it finally went off. And I was like, well, the alarm's off. And he was still, like, really confused at the whole thing that somehow the alarm was going off in the first place. So while we were um, investigating the basement of the building, we did um, a spirit box session, the Estes Method, and it kept saying happy birthday. For some reason, we kept getting that over and over and yeah. over. And um, yeah, that I, we didn't know what that meant at the time. Uh, little did we know, right before um, we went to go head back upstairs to do the last um, session, there was a book sitting on the table, and it was called the Happy Birthday Book. No, it was like the birth. It was like the Book of Birthdays or something. It was like an oh, old. Oh, okay. It was really. Uh, I don't know what this is called, so I don't want to offend anyone. But it had like the sun and the moon, and it had all those sorts of symbols on it. Astrology. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was like an, an astrology book, and it was like talking about what birthday was what and all that. Mm-hmm. And I swear that book will haunt me for the rest of my life. And I've had, like, two other occurrences with this book since that night. What do you mean? It just continuously comes to me. <clears throat> I had went over to a good friend's house of mine, and she's like, hey, you know, I really want to show you guys this book. I think it'd be really awesome. And she pulls out the book. The same the, the same book. I've never seen that book in my life. Never, never. I'm like, what? And I remember I was like, hold on. I'm going to get a picture of you with this book right now. So everyone thinks I'm not crazy. And she's like, why would you do that? I'm like, just hold the book. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I said, I've never seen that. And I still haven't seen it. I've, I still haven't come across that book. It's pretty like, like niche. It's like a, not a book you would see on someone's coffee table. Right. And the other thing, too, I'm, like, kicking ourselves in the ass over because it kept saying page 99. Yeah. And we never did find out what was on that page. I, I don't think know I was too terrified. Yeah. That, 
yeah, Eric got so scared that we we literally had to flee the building <laughs> because he was doing um, the assist method upstairs, and it, it was just getting wild. Like, it was just so many people talking at one time. We could not keep up. It was just... And it started saying, like, some dark things. Yeah. And, and whenever it gets to that level, I'm always like, all right, we should close this out. And... I remember I was just I just kept on going and doing this method and one of them uh touched my <laughs> knee to like stop me and I screamed and about fell out of the chair that I was in because I was already like so in it and so terrified but I kept on going cuz I was like maybe they're getting something maybe something's happening and then you know they tapped my knee to tell me it's over and I flip I mean I flipped out and then we grabbed our stuff and just ran out of that building and locked it up and and left yeah, we were hearing footsteps on the floorboards creaking. It, it was, that building was very interesting. There was a lot going on there. I wish we could have gone back. I know. You know? Well. But there's plenty of other places here in our town, and there's plenty of other places in the Pacific Northwest where we, you know, plan on going to do these investigations. What a. And who's to say it, it was the building? Yeah, that's true. We are also going to go ahead and share a few pictures that we took um, on that investigation, so we'll be sharing those on Instagram as well, so keep a lookout for those. Speaking of other places in the Pacific Northwest that are haunted or have cryptid sightings, where do you guys want to go? Like, what, what town or city really interests you, and where would you want to take uh, Paranorthwest? Honestly, I just love, I would love to go investigate in the woods. We've not ever done that. Just straight up walk out there. Yep, in the middle of nowhere where there's nobody. What would we, I mean, there could be so many things out there. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And it's, that's that's almost like the coolest answer. Yeah. Too bad you went first, so now we all have to. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's like, yeah, that's a great question. What what could be out there? What are what are we missing out on? You know, it's not a hospital. It's not, and there's no preconceived notions as to what you think you're gonna find. Right. There's no structures. There's no people. It could be anything from spirits to cryptids to little people to wizards to goblins to yeah, I mean witches. Yeah, geez. Well, I hope I don't find a witch out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully not, but I'll there's a out. lot of things, like fairies and little gnomes. I Yeah, that sounds like a, a great idea. So would you want to start in the daytime? or? I would like to start in the daytime and then go into the evening because you can see a lot, even in the sky, um, you know, there's Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's where I would like to investigate. There's so many, you know, woods around here. Even in Washington, Idaho, there, there's a ton. We could go all over. Do you have a specific area that you'd like to investigate, though? Um, not necessarily. No, we'll just see where it take us. Because if we're going to the woods, I'm pulling for, like, Mount Rainier. Oh, wow, you're really doing it. Yeah, I, there has got to be something going on there. I always believe that with big mountains that it attracts things and, 
you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna find or see something, it I feel like it'd be somewhere like that. But I might be completely wrong. It might be just in the middle of of nowhere. There's things everywhere. I don't. You never know. What about you, Shy? Where would you want to go? I would want to go to the Olympic National Forest, um, because of its rich history in Native Americans. So I know that you know our people are still out there. They're uh, probably still building some canoes, you know, getting ready to fish and getting ready for winter. So I would love to, you know, go out there. And I'm sure there's a Bigfoot out there, too, because, oh, yeah. you know, our people didn't lie about that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'd want to go. I'm, I'm along the same lines as these because with my newfound uh, love and interest of cryptids, I mean most people see them out in the forest but if we had to pick if you had to pick like a physical location like a building or somewhere or a town where would you want to go to to see something or what what part of uh, the pacific northwest has always interested you this is a place actually here in spokane and i've only been there once before and that's gonna be the campbell house i don't know something oh, there dude. has always if we could Call get an me. overnight. Oh, my God. That would be the best investigation. Yeah. If anyone listening has a hookup at the Campbell House in Spokane, hit us up. Let us know, please. Yeah. I'm trying to go investigate this place. I mean, that would be. And to be like the only ones there doing it. And also the Patsy Clark Mansion, which is also a Spokane site. Yeah, we do. I mean, we have a ton of old places here that would be really cool to investigate. We, we should look into this and. And start reaching out to people and seeing if they'll they'll let us uh, investigate these places. I would actually, if it had to be a certain place, I'd love to go back to um, Burke, Idaho, and go investigate that old mining town because there's just so much there. I know you you can't really get in though to the buildings, which is kind of a bummer. Well, you can. You just don't tell anybody. Okay. Well. Not saying we do that. We don't. Because that's illegal. But, I mean, it's illegal, but, you know. Yeah, it's very bad. Very bad indeed. Very shamed. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, where would you go? I was fortunate enough to go on the Portland Underground Paranormal Tour. And I always wanted to go back, but I wanted to go with just my team. You know, because I went with, like, I don't know, it was, like, 20 other people. And... Like we always talk about, I mean, they weren't like-minded. They weren't all there for the same reason. They were all like, oh, wow, creepy, scary, blah, blah. And I would let them go ahead of me to where I was alone. And then I would take pictures and try and get little EVPs in. Because I'm down there for, you know, to find something. They're just like, oh, look how scary, old boots. That's, that's terrifying. Which, I mean, sure, if that's why you want to do it is to go down there and see the old sites. That that's cool in in and of itself, but I want I want to investigate down there. I there was such a heavy presence and there's so much that happened down there that I know there's there's something to find. Those are the Shanghai tunnels, aren't they? Yeah. Where the the uh, people used to get shanghaied, which is they would put the trap doors underneath uh, where they're sitting at the bar and they would fall down and get drugged and then wake up on a uh, vessel way out at sea so they couldn't leave and they had to work on the boat until it got to the next stop. 
And it was probably just the Skaven all in all. I'm just going to put that oh out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's always the Skaven. <laughs> and where has been the creepiest place you ever have investigated this far, Cheyenne? Um, for me, I feel like this is a little lame because I haven't got to go on many adventures. But I will say... That the Spokane Reservation, uh, Wilpin at Washington, oh, is yeah. spooky. There's something going on there. That's where that deer hit my damn truck. And that's where the hoof woman resides. <laughs> so call upon her. She's going to show up at your door and take you as her child. <sighs> and the Wendigo. Don't say the word. Yeah, it's I thought indi- you were supposed to say it's it. It's Indigo on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we don't say that word to call upon you. Yeah, you can't say the name. That's part of it. It's Indigo on, Shayla. Yeah. Well, what's the creepiest place you've been, Shay? Probably St. Ignatius Hospital in Colfax, Washington. That's what I was going to say. It's absolutely terrifying. That was one time that I was truly terrified. And it's not where... So we went there and did like an overnight. And there was... How many other people? Not that many. Maybe 10. Yeah. But the place is so huge that you could go and not see anyone for two hours with everyone investigating. I mean, it's like, what, four stories and has a basement and an attic. Yeah, and they they let us go investigate. It, we actually did a, a Facebook live stream, and that was, oh, God. And one cool little side note here is she placed a cigarette in Rose's room on the TV. <laughs> and... Like a year later, Ghost Adventures went there and investigated, and they went to Rose's room, and her cigarette was still there. And I was like, "You're," and so they were like, "Oh, someone put a cigarette here," and I was like, "That's Shayla's cigarette." Yeah, yeah, I seen my cigarette on the TV, and I was like, "Oh my God, Aaron Goodwin's touching my offering." Yeah, so she's famous basically, which is <laughs> super cool. But the the weird thing about Saint Ignatius is it wasn't creepy where we thought it was going to be, which no. goes again with like our. Me talking about don't have pre- preconceived notions of what you're going to find. Because we went in the basement and... Absolutely no feeling It there looked creepy, all. but it wasn't... We weren't scared. There was no feeling. It was like nothing. It felt like, like nothing. Yeah. But when we went upstairs all the way to the uh, nun's quarters... The attic. Yeah, where they lived. That was absolutely terrifying. Yeah, if we can find some uh pictures we'll also share those too those were wild yeah i have a ton of pictures of that so we'll we'll put those up on on the instagram and facebook but that i would love to go back there actually i mean especially with our team now with cheyenne and all the equipment we have we could give it like a proper investigation i know unfortunately i don't even think that they're doing that anymore i think they got bought out and I don't know what's going on. I'm doing it. <laughs> Again, do not break into places. Yeah, breaking in is very bad. It's very bad. Ask permission. Okay. No trespassing. We really appreciate you guys for reaching out to us, listening to us, and seeing our perspective on the paranormal community. And we would really like to hear what you guys have to say. So don't forget to send in your stories. And like I said earlier in the uh, episode, we do have a couple stories to go over. So we might do that next week. And uh, 
yeah, keep the stories coming in. We'd love to just highlight these and let us know in your submission if you'd like to keep your name secret or if you are okay with us sharing your name and where you live. Just just let us know. Um, we appreciate all the support we've we've seen so far. You guys are super rad. I, I can't believe that, you know, we have this many listeners already. It's uh, it's really cool to see that there's people interested in the paranormal and interested in this podcast especially. So thanks for putting on your tinfoil hats and wiping your bum bum for this episode. And don't forget, sleep with your eyes open. Thank you.